Hallelujah. Turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I do want to pray for all those going back to school. After the service, I want to pray for them and the parents as that is a, that is a spiritual undertaking. And I've already had three, I think, three stories of parents who had to challenge teachers. You're not teaching my child that mess. And that's your right. In fact, it's your responsibility, mom and dad, uh, to know who your child's uh, teacher is uh, uh, and uh, what he or she or it is uh, and uh, make sure that your child uh, is, uh, is taken care of. And I'm sad that I have to say that, but how many know that's the times that we live in? And so I do encourage you. Amen. I have a little video here. There's a man named, uh, uh, it's a, it's a, He's from India, Ran Hank Verma. He organized this event. He said, it is a time-tested belief that frog weddings, frog, as in ribbit, ribbit, frog weddings are held to bring in rains. I guess we must have had a frog wedding here. We have had a long dry spell, and farmers in particular are upset over the delay in sowing their seed, uh, uh, it's getting late. The people at the wedding had a tough time keeping the frog couple in place, and scores of people witnessed the event when all mantras and, and uh, chanting uh, were chanted by a group of priests. The guests were later treated to a dinner by the organizers. Go ahead and hit that light. And this is, uh, this is a frog wedding. Okay, show the next picture. Go ahead and hit the lights. Trust me, those are the frogs. Can you see them? They're in the flowers. Okay, so they're having a frog wedding, hoping that this, this will appease the rain god and send rain. Now, I don't know why they choose frogs rather than turtles or something else. But this is an event that they do, and it's, 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 it's been done quite a bit. It's evidently a fairly common thing that if it's not raining or you need rain for your agriculture, that you go ahead and get two frogs married. I don't know if they wear rings or not. And that way the rain god will be appeased. How many, how many are glad you're saved? How many are glad, and these people are not necessarily bad people. This is the way they were raised. This is why we send missionaries uh, to different parts of the world, because they're bound by, by false religion and false doctrine. And one of the marks of false religion and a false concept and understanding of God is that somehow God is mad with everyone, and that God somehow has to be appeased. And we're going to look at, there's a difference between pleasing God and appeasing God. And I understand that the Bible says in Psalm 711, God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. The, so the Living Bible puts it this way, God is a judge who is perfectly fair and he is angry with the wicked every day. Unless they repent, he will sharpen his sword and slay them. So if you're involved in wickedness, uh, uh, can I give you a warning? God is not pleased with wickedness. 
If you want to find out what's wicked, then just go ahead and do a Bible study on wickedness or the word wicked. But what happens, the error comes in. People have a false concept of God. They think that somehow God is always mad at them and that they have to appease God. That they somehow have to pacify God or do something to placate God. The word appease means to mollify or to conciliate, to kind of lower the anger levels, do something that will kind of take the edge off God's anger towards mankind. And the reason that we're not having rain is God is angry at us. And the reason he's angry at we've done something wrong. But if we get these two frogs married, then he'll be happy with us and he'll send some rain. How many know that's crazy? Hallelujah. And they don't think that God can be pleased. They think that the best that they can do is to appease God. And there is a world of difference between pleasing God and appeasing God. Hallelujah. How many know we don't deal with God by appeasing God, but we can please God. And the idea and the thought and the concept that God uh, 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 must be appeased is at very best twisted distorted and ultimately demonic because the devil wants to present to you and I a false concept of God that somehow God is this certain way and the only way that you can approach him or deal with him or have interaction with him is to do these things over here and he distorts the person of God he distorts the personality of God amen and this is why we have so many religions in the world but I'm here to declare this evening that God does not need to be appeased amen Jesus did it all on Calvary's cross he paid the price he did what is necessary to give you and I access to the father and I thought about that scripture in Matthew when Jesus was baptized at the age of 30 and he comes up out of the water and there the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove and the the voice from heaven this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He didn't say who has appeased me, who has lowered my anger levels. He said, in whom I am well pleased. That we can live a life that is pleasing to God. And God can look down at you and I and get a sense of pleasure and satisfaction and joy at his children living a life that is pleasing to God. I want to please God. Hallelujah. And thank God it doesn't involve marrying frogs. See, the lie the devil always starts with uh, is somehow God does not have your best interests at heart. That somehow God is holding you back from things that are good. That somehow God doesn't want what is best for you. All of these things are an absolute, flat out, straight up, complete and total lie, distortion and misrepresentation. Amen. Thank God 
that he is God and that he is the way he is. Amen. Listen to Romans chapter 5. Verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now get the picture here. Here we, how many, before you got saved, you, you weren't in love with Jesus. That's all of us. You, how many here you were foul before you got saved? Your mouth was like a sewer. So was your heart. You were wicked. You were unclean. You were, many of you, liars, cheats. And some of you, I don't even know what, I don't want to know what you did before you got saved. Some of you, if you did it, they'd arrest you. Because there is no statute of limitations on some of the things you did. You think I'm kidding. <laughs> it's true. I won't ask you to stand, but it is true. You and I were unclean, nasty, dirty, foul sinners, deserving of hell. Now, how many really believe it? Say, I deserve hell. You did, because you're a sinner. The soul that sins, it shall surely die. Sin separates us from you. We were all worthy of going to hell. And Jesus steps in. What does God do? He doesn't look down and say, you bunch of wretched and throw lightning bolts at us and turn us into grease spots and crush us and rip us apart. No, the Bible says that when God looked down from heaven and saw there was no one there to, to accomplish salvation, he put on humanity and came down and did it himself, even though he knew it would be a horrendous, horrific, brutal uh, 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 death, uh, amen, where he would be beaten uh, and tortured, uh, amen, uh, but he did it for us. Uh, it'd be like uh, you and I owing $10 million in debt uh, and say that somebody says you either pay or be executed uh, and you don't have that money uh, and the very rich man uh, who you used to mock and laugh at and, and all make fun of, uh, he comes down and he pays uh, your uh, debt uh, and says, you can go free. That's our God. Hallelujah. If you were in debt over your head by a million dollars and somebody came up and paid off your debt, what would you have to say about that person? Or if somebody came and told you, man, he's a jerk. He said, shut up, man. He just paid my debt. Amen. Maybe he's a jerk to you because you're a jerk. <laughs> God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. Hallelujah. How can you and I have any other conclusion but God is good? God is good. Matthew chapter 19, a man came to Jesus and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I might have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? There's none good but one that is God. But if that will enter into life, keep the commandments. So here's a man who comes to Jesus. Good master. What good thing must I do? And he says, why are you calling me good? There's only one person who's good. And that's God. He was trying to see if this man was just trying to flatter Jesus or he was actually calling Jesus God in a roundabout way. And Jesus makes this statement, and really what he's saying is there's none perfect, uh, 
No, not one. Only one perfect person in all the universe, and that's God. And that is the point that we're trying to look at this evening. Amen. That God is good. Hallelujah. The, the gospel means good news. God is good. Amen. And we can trust that. And that is essential to our faith. Amen. Thank you. God's clapping up there. See, he's got big, he claps louder than Cedric Pascal. You know, some people don't think God is good. Even down here in the South. God is good all the time. Yeah, he is, but some people don't think. Whenever you disagree with God, you're saying he's not good. Have you ever disagreed with God? Now, we don't do it intellectually. We don't do it when everybody can hear. But when God says something and it applies to us personally, we say, I don't like that. Have you ever done that? I don't like that. That's not right. Well, what you're saying, if you're not careful, you think this through. God says something you don't agree with. Now, God is perfect. God cannot lie. God cannot make mistakes. We don't like that. What we're saying is, God, you're not good right there. I know, and I like this, therefore I'm right, and you're not right. because. And so if you're wrong, then you're not good. I know sometimes we have to be careful of our conclusions. Hallelujah. How can you disagree with perfection? I ask Cheryl this all the time. It's a joke. Okay, it's a joke. You got it. Some of you got it. Okay. Cheryl, how can you disagree? She says, easy, watch. <laughs> Good master. She calls me that. I say, why callest thou me Good. <laughs> What Jesus was saying, are you saying that I'm God or is this just empty flattery? But my point is this, God is good. There is none good or as good as God. God is absolutely perfect. God is absolutely perfect in every area all the time. Into eternity. God is love, and God is good, and God is perfect. Every attribute of God is absolutely perfect. Amen. Every aspect of God is absolute perfection. No need for improvement. God cannot be improved upon. Now think that through. In everything he's ever done, said, or will do, or will say, or he's absolutely perfect. He's never made an error or a mistake, anything, absolute perfection all the time. That's the God we serve. Hallelujah. Perfect love. Perfect patience. Perfect kindness. Perfect Mercy, perfect grace, righteousness, justice, holiness, purity, honesty, modesty, humility. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. 
In short, he's the absolute best, amen, and great beyond description. Now, how many believe what I just said uh, uh, this evening? And many times and oftentimes we believe it up here, but God's trying to get us to believe it here. Because once you believe it here, it completely transforms everything in your life. Hallelujah. Here's a question. So why do so many people have the wrong understanding and image of God? Why do so many of even God's people have the wrong understanding of God? I'm going to tell you why. Because sin distorts and twists our point of view. Sin can so distort and twist your point of view that you think the way to get rain is you marry two frogs. I mean, you don't marry. The frogs are marrying. Where do they go on a honeymoon? You throw them in a mud puddle? Sin distorts, sin twists our view. Even after salvation, the effects of sin must be dealt with and corrected. Have you ever gone to have your eyes checked? They do that and they got that little spinning thing and they tell you, look at that chart and there's an E pointing this way. That's where they got all those gang signs from, E, from the eye guy. Pointing this way, this way, and he, he, because it's not always invoked. When you get saved, your understanding of God is not very good. And so uh, God wants to give you and I a correct understanding of him. And many times you ask, why am I going through this? Why am I going through that? Well, I'll tell you why, because God's trying to reveal his, re he, he said amen again. God's trying to reveal his real self to you and dispel the lies and distortions of hell. And what he's trying to show you is that God is good all the time. That God is good no matter what you're going through, uh, no matter what you've been through. Uh, God is good, but we often have a distorted view of God. When we got up to New Jersey uh, uh, last week, uh, and right as we pulled into uh, uh, Cheryl, we went to Cheryl's sister's house, uh, we pulled in, all the kids got out of the car. She pulls up, she's got this real big black car, it's a it's, it's huge car, uh, and, and, and the kids started looking at the car, and it was reflecting them, and they're, they're cracking up, they're laughing, and they're, because their reflection, you ever been to the house of mirrors, the reflection, here's Caleb, he's standing there, his hands look like gorilla hands. And he said, his little stick body, he's got this big girl, and they're cracking up. And then <laughs> Cheryl even took a picture of herself. I mean, her legs look about that long, and then this little top of the body is up here like this. Of course, I look great. <laughs> Actually, it looked like my shoulders were attached to my waist. I'm going, I'm walking. <laughs> Cheryl will show you the pictures, I'm sure. And that's pretty funny there, but when it comes to God, a whole, distortions are not what we need. And so what happens is we go through things because God wants to show you that he really is good all the time. Hallelujah. And in our text, Paul is writing to the church in Rome, primarily Gentile converts who have a very distorted view of God. And he's warring against their old mentalities and concepts and understanding of God 
amen, because many times the old ways don't easily change. And he's trying to get the correct perspective of God, in, in trying to get them to have the correct perspective of God in the midst of circumstances. So when things start to happen, they don't, you know, go back to their old ways and start marrying frogs to get rain. But they learn to trust God, his character, and his essence is God is good. Hallelujah. And this is the same for all of us. Have you ever struggled? Why, God? What? I thought you were, I thought, that, and I thought that. And, and what the devil's trying to do is get us to, have, to believe a false accusation against God and his character. And no, no, I'm not going to think those bad thoughts about God. I'm going to trust God, even though I don't understand what's going on, because God is what? Good. Romans 10, 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So this is taking it from the realm of our mind and placing it into our hearts. Amen. If we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we shall be saved. Think with me about the power of speech. Amen. In that text, it says, If we'll confess, we'll speak it out with our mouth, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I want to declare it makes a difference what you say about God. The devil came to Job and all he wanted Job to do, curse God and die. Say something bad about God. Just say something bad about God. And he did all these things to somehow orchestrate to say something bad about God. Because what you say is a powerful thing. Think about uh, with me the, the ten spies uh, who went into the promised land uh, and they, they went around looking uh, and they saw the giants, they saw all this uh, and uh, Caleb and, and uh, 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 Joshua also came back, the two spies, uh, they saw the exact same thing, the ten spies spoke an evil report. Caleb and Joshua spoke a good report. The power of unbelief. The problem with the ten spies, they knew what God said. They didn't believe it in their heart. God says, I'll help you. I'll defeat the enemy. I'll run them out of town. I'll get rid of them for you if you just enter in. But they failed to believe that about God. They failed to believe that God was good. And they spoke that unbelief and an entire generation lost their destiny and lost their lives in the wilderness because some people refused to believe that God was good. Ten men who were leaders. That's why if you're going to be a leader, you really make sure your speech, you watch. You, David said, put a guard over my mouth. Don't let anything come out that shouldn't come out, especially about God. And the circumstances were there and all that. And they believed the circumstance rather than what God said he would do. And it caused them a lot of pain. It affected an entire nation. 
They lost an entire generation. There's great power in your spoken words and what you believe in your heart. And oftentimes we, you want to use the word rail on the ten spies, but how often are we possibly guilty of the same thing? God says, I will provide. I don't know, man, gas prices are high. God says he'll provide. Thank you, David. Right? Do you feel that pressure not to agree with what God's word says? Do you feel God's going to provide? God's going to meet all my needs according to his riches. He's very rich. He owns it all. Well, I don't. See? God God is good. You see how you have to combat this? Because I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's getting all around. Hello? It's getting all around. Check the price of eggs. Faustino, get them chickens back. Bro, you got a bunch of customers right here. Forget lawn care, just raise chickens. Amen. They weren't denying the fact that there were giants and obstacles. But Joshua and Caleb said, you know what? God said he will give us the land. And God cannot lie. God is good. And we expect good things to happen. If God is good, and how many know he is? Listen to this scripture. If you then being evil. In other words, compared to God, all of us are evil. Compared to God's absolute perfection, we are evil. If you, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good things to them that ask him? The Living Bible puts it this way. If you hard-hearted, sinful men know how to give good gifts to your children, won't your Father in heaven even more certainly give good gifts to those who ask him for them we're driving to new jersey the kids are in the back i'm hungry you know what i did i pulled over the side of the road i got a bag and i filled it with rocks i said here eat this you little rats where's naomi uh, i mean abby abby did i say that no of course not grandpa's the best didn't he <laughs> Where's my bag of rocks? I'm going to get you, little girl. She's just fun with y'all. She knows. Chris. Listen, if we as parents and grandparents know how to give Cheetos to our children and Cheez-Its. You don't remember the Cheez-Its, Abby? You don't remember the cookies and the... Oh, Grandma gave you those. That's right. Hey, hey, Abby, is, gra- is Grandma good? What'd she say? She's hiding. Okay, I don't want to embarrass her. She's got a movie star mom over there. God is good. God is good. 
You've got to believe that. Not only is God good, but God's going to help you. Listen, we're living in times where we need help. We don't need natural help. We need supernatural help. God is good, and God's going to help me. I'm his child. God is good, and God's going to help me. Say that with me. God is good, and God's going to help me. You're going to have to believe that in your heart. Amen. God is good. I, I mean, he's really, really, he's like perfect good. Literally, no one gets uh, uh, any, excuse the word, gooder than God. Amen. And he says, if you then being evil, basically our sinful nature, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good things to them that ask? Hallelujah. But the devil has persuaded people even some of God's people, that really God isn't really that good and we can't really expect good things from him. And then sometimes those people, not even knowing it, voice that. And in essence, what they're saying is God's not good and God's not going to help me. That's what the 10 spies did. They came back and they did No, no, we can't do that because you know what? God's not telling us the truth and God can't help it. That's a lie. And whatever you're facing, the devil tries to convince you of the same thing. That God isn't good and God isn't going to help you. That's a lie from hell. God is good and God's going to help you. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen to Hebrews 4. He knows about everyone, everywhere. Everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. Nothing can be hidden from him to whom we must explain all that we have done. That's terrifying. But Jesus, the Son of God, is our great high priest who has gone to heaven itself to help us. Therefore, let us never stop trusting him this high priest of, our under, of ours understands our weaknesses since he had the same temptations we do. Though he never once gave way to them in sin, so let us come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there to receive his mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Amen. God is good and God's going to help me. Amen. Every, when you get up every morning, I challenge you to say that God is good and God's going to help me. You know why? Because we live in a very negative world. God help you if the first thing you do is turn on the news in the morning. I don't care. Fox, CNN, ABC, they're all bad. You're going to hear bad, negative thing all the way through it. You know what I do when I first get up? I have coffee. Because God is good. He made the holy bean. For you and I. <laughs> and I open my Bible, and for about an hour, I read the good news. And then for about another hour, I read a book about the book. Amen. Because I want to have the proper perspective on life that God is good and God's going to help me. And here's the third part of the equation good things are going to happen. Good things are going to happen. When I finish that reading, I come to church and I pray and I enjoy the presence 
of God. See, God says you and I can come before the throne of grace. He doesn't say to appease God. He says we can come and please God. Jesus paid the price. He took away our sins. He paid the price. Now we can come before the throne of grace. He knows all about you. He's known everything you ever thought, said, or did. And he still says, come to the throne of grace. I love you. I want to help you. Good things are going to happen. Amen. And we know that uh, all things work together for what? For good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Amen. God is good. God is going to help me. Good things are going to happen. Amen. And you need to speak that out. Amen. It's not name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. It's I'm speaking what God has spoken in his word and what God has spoken to me. I'm speaking it out. Just like that, so- that song we sing that's shouting down the lies, all the lies that you're dealing with, that you're not going to be able to make ends meet, that this is going to happen. Shut up, devil. God is good. God is going to help me. Good things are going to happen. Why? That book says so. Hallelujah. You ever yell at the devil? I yell at the devil all the time. Shut up, devil! Thus saith the Lord, it is written, God is good. Amen. I don't have to appease God. But I can please God. And pleasing God is a great joy. Hallelujah. You know what you and I need more than anything else? A intimate relationship with Him. Not a bunch of phantom followers on social media. Not a bunch of twisted TikTok weirdos. You're on TikTok. You really do need to pray and hear from God. So I'm going to tell you what, you're opening yourself up to all kinds of foolishness. The absolute best thing that could ever happen to a person is that they meet and get to know Jesus in a very intimate, personal way. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. People say, well, what about bad things that happen? You know why the reason some bad things happen? reason some bad things happen is because people do stupid things. It's not God doing it, but God gave us free will. So sometimes the reason bad things happen to us is that people do stupid things. We're driving to New Jersey. We're on the turnpike. I mean, this is, we're doing 80 miles an hour. The limit was, uh, <clears throat> and we're going down the road. And there's a truck in front of us. And it's got this styrofoam uh, 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 insulation, not just the 4 by 8 These are really big people. Look, about 5 by 10 and they're, they're bundled together on a truck, bundled on the truck. And the truck's about from me to the sound booth. And we're driving down about <clears throat> 75 plus miles an hour. And going to, and that thing came off the back of the truck. Right in front of me. And when it hit the ground, it, the string that held that together burst. And these things. And I'm telling you, it is one of those slow motion. No. 
looking at the, and thank God nobody was right here. And I just turned around like this and we, we were able to, to meet it. And, and, and we ca finally caught up with the guy and we're telling, he, this guy's totally oblivious. Doesn't have a clue what's going on. Amen. The reason bad things happen is because sometimes people do stupid things. Sometimes others make bad decisions. Sometimes it's because people around us are sinners. And they do sinful things. Other times the reason things happen is because we live in a fallen world. But listen to what God says. God says it doesn't matter why something happened. God says it doesn't matter what happened. I can turn it all to good. Think that through. We know the story of Joseph, how God turned his whole circumstances, what the devil and his brothers meant for evil, God turned it to good. Why? God's a good God. And you and I, and within this congregation and in this building, there's lots of stories of different things that have happened. Amen. Don't believe the lie of the devil. Amen. God can work it out for good. Why? He's a good God. But, but, no, no buts. God is good. God's going to help me. Good things are going to happen. All things work together for you. This is true in relationships. This is true with personal issues, internal and external. How I many know we got internal problems? I'm not talking about the pizza you ate. This has to do with finances, fruitfulness, ministry, family, marriages, friends, employment. The list goes on and on, covers all of life. Amen. God is good. God is going to help me. Good things are going to happen. The text says uh, that all things work together. How many have ever tasted one of Cheryl's carrot cakes? Man, it's the best. But if you just take some of those ingredients by themselves... Big sticks of butter. How many eat sticks of butter? Man, you put it all in, in the right ingredients and cook it up. Put that cream cheese icing. Oh, gosh. Make you want to quit your keto diet. But it's got to work together. And then you got to put it in the oven. You got to heat it up. And then you pull it out, and there it is. Now, I want to challenge you. Now, I'm very serious about this. You speak this out. God is good. God's going to help me. Good things are going to happen. And then you find a scripture that backs up what you just said. And you speak that scripture out. And you speak it out. Speak it out. Close with a story. You may have heard of this woman. Maybe not. This kind of more my generation than the current generation. A woman named Fanny Crosby. And she was an incredible songwriter. During her lifetime, she wrote, she wrote more than 8,000 hymns and songs. In fact, she wrote so many hymns and songs that she would often submit them to publishing companies under a different name because they were, they were uh, uh, tired of getting <laughs> these things from her. And uh, to God be the glory, Jesus keep me near the cross. These are older songs that... This generation doesn't sing very often. Blessed assurance. But the amazing thing about her skill is that uh, when she wrote, the, she, she was blind. This woman was blind when she was very young. She had six, when she was six weeks old, she had an eye inflammation. 
And the doctor who treated her treated her wrong. It was careless and it caused her blindness, total blindness, uh, permanently blind for the rest of her life. And she said right now, she said, if I could meet him now, talking about Jesus, uh, I would say thank you over and over again for, she said, making her blind. But what she's, I think the better way to interpret, you know what, for allowing me to, to see your goodness even though I was blind. And she took a very bad circumstance, but she believed God and turned it to good. Amen. Because God is good. God's going to help me. Good things are going to happen. Let's bow our heads together. Hallelujah. Good things are going to happen. Hell is amping it up, raising the, the bar to try to discourage God's people, to try to bring people to the wrong conclusion. Now, I want to challenge you in a very real way. God is good. God's going to help me. Good things are going to happen. Christ died for me while I was yet a sinner. All things work together. You might be in the midst of a trial. You might be in the midst of a circumstance that doesn't seem good. Listen, God is good. God's going to help you. Good things are going to happen. Pastor Warner has a motto. If you hang around long enough, good things happen. If anybody has a, a, a platform to say that, he does. After all that has happened to him in his life. But if you don't know Jesus, you only know about God. You don't know him. God wants you to know him, to know him personally, to give your life to him, to ask him to come into your life, to take away your sins. You cannot appease God. That is an impossibility. You cannot earn favor with God. That's an impossibility. But you can please God. How we please God is we come before him, we ask him for forgiveness, we repent of our sin, we give our lives to him, and then we obey him. You're here this evening, you're not saved, or perhaps you're backslidden. You say, Pastor, I want Jesus in my life. I want to give my life to Christ. Quickly, slip your hand up and put it right back down. Anyone here? Unsaved or backslidden? Hallelujah. Maybe online. Listen, God is good. I don't know what you're going through, but God is good. And God will help you if you'll ask him. But you've got to do it his way. God is good. God's going to help me. Good things are going to happen. Anyone here, unsaved or backslidden? Others here, you are saved. You do love God. Maybe you're going through one of those times where you feel like you're in the oven. That's part of it. Because you're in the oven doesn't mean God isn't good. Because you're going through hard times doesn't mean God's not good or God isn't helping you. And good things are going to happen. Why? God says so. And all things work together for good. Now you, we're going to open these altars. Maybe you need to come down. You need to just speak that scripture. All things work together for good. And God, I know you're good. God, I trust you. You're going to help me say that out like, God, I know you're going to help me and good things are going to happen. And you begin to quote the word of God that applies to your situation. That's why God gives you his word. As you'll do that, God's going to help you. God's building your faith. 
God's providing reference points for your life. He's making himself real to you. He's trying to maybe shatter some misconceptions and false doctrine. Amen. He's trying to rip down those those, uh, misconceptions about him. Those lies, those twisted distortions. He wants you to see him for who he really is. It's the greatest thing in all the world. Let's sing a song together. You pray, lay hold of God, speak to him, speak it out.